It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen lighted up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tecovis store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the best of talk of champions brought to you by Modern Woodman. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter going now to the Modern Woodman phone line to speak to former Ole Miss running back Jalen Walton. Jalen, what's up, man? How you doing? Man, everything is blessings, man. How are you doing? I'm glad you finally got me on the show. I, I want to say thank you. And it's been a week. You know, we have to be energized, have to be ready to take them down, you know? It's perfect that you waited until now to jump on the show because Bama Week and Jalen Walton is kind of synonymous at this point, you know? Man, indeed, man. One catch and you be uh, synonymous forever, right? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Is it still weird to hear former Ole Miss running back? Does it feel that long ago? Uh, yes, it actually does, but it doesn't. Um, you know, when I, I went to the game against Tulane this past weekend or the weekend prior, and I must say, just being back in the Grove and just being around the stadium, the fans, it, it you, can, you kind of visualize yourself being back on that field, seeing old moments. So, I mean, it's definitely something to cherish forever now and even in the future, you know, when some of those players retire from football, man, it's going to always stay with you. What's different about Ole Miss now, now that you've been back? Um, The culture looks different. You know, the vibe feels different. You know, um, they have a – you know, a much better uh, delayed stadium. I mean, detailed stadium. You know, the Grove still is energized. It still, you know, has lots of support and lots of fan support in the Grove. You know, even 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 post-COVID, you know, it's still you still can get your drink on good. You still <laughs> can have some fun, you know, eat, eat eat wherever you want. You know, it's still family vibes. And, you know, just, just Ole Miss is Ole Miss, man. It's somewhere you want to go to be a part of, to feel, to feel needed, to be a family-oriented. And just, man, win, too, you know? Ole Miss is a great school, I must say. I've talked to so many of your former teammates, man. Bo's one of my dear friends, and he says when he comes back, he always waits to see if anybody won't recognize him, but it's never happened. They always remember. Yep, yep, always, you know, um, and it'd be the least expected. You know, I didn't have a few kids who, like, it was crazy, like, this past weekend, um, 
one kid walked well i guess he was a kid maybe like teenager but um <laughs> he walked by he kind of like double take and i kind of gave him the eye but kind of kept walking like he turned back around and he said man i knew that was you man you're Jalen walls and we just had a little conversation so it was it was definitely sweet you know I, I must say i'm always thankful when i go back anyway though the support is always there I love that relationship, though, with former players. And, and it used to not be like this at Ole Miss. It used to be that former players, yes, they were welcome back, but it feels like now they're being welcomed back with open arms. It's different. And when you do come back, right, exactly, these people aren't forgetting anymore. And it's not like they ever did, but they're getting the opportunity to see you guys. And you're right, the family atmosphere of it or the family aspect of it, it's held, man. Ole Miss is a family, and you mm-hmm. can tell. Yep, indeed. I mean, every time you go back, it's like a, you know, a reunion of some sort, you know, like, you know, if you if you did well on the field, you did well in the classroom, you know, you was a good people's person, you know, individuals who are fans, you know, they like to clean the players who have, you know, great characteristics and, and definitely a great aura about themselves. And, hey, when you go back, you never be surprised if someone comes up and want to take a picture or congratulate you on the play that you forgot that you made. Because that's what I miss about. We always support and, and never forget. What are you doing now? I don't do real estate now for uh, Remax Realty located in Memphis, Tennessee. Germantown and Exeter is the the office space. And right now, man, just hustling some real estate, trying to help any family, anyone in need of a purchase or a sale. You know, I'm here to serve. So anyway, I can help anyone in the world located in Memphis, Germantown, Cordova, um, Midtown, Next to the University of Memphis, I don't care where you at in Memphis, man. Give me a call anytime. Memphis is home for you, Jalen. So was real estate something that you kind of envisioned going into after football was over, whenever that would be, or how did you kind of fall into it? Um, no, real estate actually wasn't. I knew it was an investment avenue that I wanted to be a part of. Um, man, I just knew I wanted to make some money, a lot of money. Oh, yeah, post, that's post what college. it is. That's <laughs> you know, what it is. Yeah, you know, it, it, exactly. If I didn't make a long-term career in the NFL, so um, just, you know, not just one thing became, you know, the way I, I, I make a living, you know. It's definitely the people and the relationships I have with people that have, you know, given me knowledge, you know, given me opportunities to, to make a way for myself. And then, you know, the rest is on myself. You know, real estate was just something that I could I could correlate with for, uh, you know, with athletics. You know, I think it's the same thing, the same business, and, and I just love the competition and the, and, the, and the advantage that it can bring you. It's probably a dumb question, but how often do you miss football? Um, you know, I've done it for 23 years. So mm-hmm. I'm 26, 23 years. I mean, I miss it. <laughs> I've done it every day of my life. Um, you know, wake up, go straight to the field. Come home, go straight to the field, you know. So I've definitely dealt with, um, you know, the sport in itself for forever. So I – I'll always be a part of it. I even watch it on, on the weekends to kind of, you know, get back in my zone to feel feel like a player again. So definitely it, it'll never go away for sure. Have you continued to watch and follow Ole Miss football? Mm-hmm. Yep, a lot. Um, my favorite player on the team is actually, uh, man, Matty, Matty C, Matt Corral, man. He's my, he's my favorite player to watch for Ole Miss at the moment. And uh, just a special kid, man. I love Lane Kiffin. I think he brought a lot of, a lot of juice, a lot of, um, man, energy, and just, you know, I don't care to the to the to the to the team. You know, he's gonna, you know, go with his game plan, go by his rules, and either you like it or you don't. And if you don't like it, you're probably gonna lose. So, 
you know, I'm definitely, I'm definitely a lane on the lane train for sure. Well, it's really funny because you were in an offense that was perfect for your game and, and what you wanted to do that spread under freeze. But when I watch this offense and I think about players like you, right. do you ever think to yourself, man, I could have feasted. I could have feasted in this offense. Oh yes, sir. <laughs> I, I, I kind of wish I would have came. I wish lane was there a little bit sooner, you know, at least uh, <laughs> offensive coordinator wise. Cause I, mean, I could easily see a, you know, 2,000 yards, all-purpose type of season, you know, consecutively, you know, uh, underlying Kiffin. Because, of course, you know, I could play the, the slide, catch balls at the backfield, run inside, outside to tackle. And, I mean, not to mention special teams, you know, I could, you know, get get a kickoff return and get it to the 50 or get it to the end zone. You know, whichever way it go, we always be set up to score some more. So, um, man, definitely I know Lane Kiffin would have used me to the greatest of my ability for sure. Now, when anybody asks you, pull up YouTube, the play that best encapsulates what you were as a running back at Ole Miss, what do you first go to? What are the big plays that you always point to and say, hey, this is the deal right here? <laughs> Man, I think, you know, the obvious, you know, against Mississippi State. You yep. Know, um, I mean, I mean, if you want to know who, who number six was, just go to that one play. I think it'll sum it up in a nutshell, honestly. Like, it, it really does. I mean, from – you know, the toss to the the right to, you know, making a complete stop on the dime, sudden move, you know, return backfield, find a small crease that only I can see and I can get to on the field. Like, if I see a crease, I can get to it faster than anybody. That's how, you know, elusive that I like to, you know, call myself or think that I was. And then from there, man, you know, it's just, hey, have an alpha to end zone, use your speed and don't look back, you know. When you see blue lights, don't look back. <laughs> I've always been fascinated by you, man, because thinking back to that play, how did you see it? How did you see the cutback? How did you find it? I mean, man, it's it's pretty simple, you know. When you're you when you're a perfectionist, you know, and you and you watch a lot of film, and once again, I've been playing the sport for so long to where I've ran the halfback toss on multiple levels against multiple coverages, against multiple blitzes, multiple defenses. I don't care if you're in an over front or under front or it's a, you know, three by four, four by three, you know, it it doesn't matter. Like the toss is going to always open up a wave to where if you, if you can get to it, you can, you can make a play out of it. But if you can't, then it's going to always be a negative. And it just so happened that on that toss, like everything washed, they were so aggressive the whole game to where they pretty much made me cut back. Like they made me stop, you know, and from there, I had to just change the angle, and then it's another crease that's available all throughout the defense. It's different phases, the first level, second level, and then touchdown. You know, like I never did get to the first level. Once I passed the first level of that phase, now I can open my eyes up and see where I really need to go and just so happen it wasn't a second level because once I got past the first defender, it was me, Cody, and uh, <laughs> and I think uh, Big Jeremy Liggins was on the way with me, you know, all type of <laughs> escorts to the to the touchdown. So it was – Definitely fun, great play to be a part of. Do you feel old yet, though, when you see Cody and a bunch of your other former teammates still playing, but they're kind of tenured now in the NFL? Do you feel old yet? No, you know. Um, okay, good. You're not I there yet. I never feel old. All yeah, right, yeah. I never, I never feel old because I'm always in the moment. You know, I, I, I never dwell on five years ago or five years from now. Like, you know, I like the process. I enjoy every process. So, you know, I like to watch others' process as well and see how it works out for them. And, you know, just always being encouraged and being supportive of others and being happy for others. You know, I never feel old. I feel like 
you know, everything is working itself out in due time. So definitely never feel old, though. Good. Even though I'm getting old, but I never feel old. Stay in that moment. Stay in that lane right there. That's where you need to be because I'm 35 now, Jalen. It's been a while. I feel old as hell. Hey, your spirits is always high. It's always consistent and good. You got good humility, so you never – you know, you never can say, oh, he's getting old because he's, you know, walking down with his head. And he's... <laughs> no, man, you know, you're always excited, you know. So there it you're is. You're going to always feel young or feel like you're going in the right direction. Ah, oh, check's in the mail for that one. Thank you, man. Make me feel better about myself. Let me ask you this. That state run, oh, before said. we jump to the Alabama game, because it is Alabama week, was it always different when you beat state? Did it feel different? We'll get right back to former Ole Miss running back Jalen Walton after I tell you briefly about Cheney's Pharmacy and Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, two more proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. It's the most wonderful time of the year. No, it's not Christmas time. It's football season, specifically Ole Miss football season. You want to be there, right? In the Grove, in Vaught-Hemingway Stadium, cheering on the Rebels every single Saturday. The only way to do that is to make sure you're healthy, to take care of yourself, to have a pharmacy that you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that, Cheney's Pharmacy a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the Rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there, hands down, it's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221 or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at cheneyspharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. What's your schedule looking like this fall? Don't answer that, I already know. Almost football Saturdays, right? It's all back, and you're going to be there. Well, when you're making those trips, why not go in style? In the dream car, truck, or Jeep you've always wanted. Well, the only place to go for your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. From new and used sales to parts and service, Alan Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. And what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from every other dealership is Alan Samuels aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. They're going to get you into your dream car at a price point you can afford, and the process is going to be as seamless as possible. Most everyone who's listened to this podcast should know by now. I only vouch for sponsors I truly believe in. Well, Alan Samuels has been with me the longest. I myself have bought a car from Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, and there's no better car buying experience. Make sure to ask for Byron or Mason and tell them that Talk of Champions sent you so that you can take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. It's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. Well, you got to think, man. You know, I'm, I'm from Memphis, so I never knew how big the rivalry right. was. Yeah. Um, until I got to Ole Miss. You know, I think I seen it pretty violently uh, my freshman year when Dante was it was it Dante when Dante was I think he went for like maybe. He clowned Jonathan Banks. Yards? I don't know. Yeah, he, he, cl- had, he clowned Jonathan he Banks. Good, yeah, he had a great year that year, so I never knew how the trash talking went, you know, the different vibes of how Mississippi State carried themselves and Ole Miss and vice versa. So 
Um, I was kind of like happy to be a part of the winning side, honestly. Like, I mean, if Ole Miss wanted to fight, shoot, I'm going to fight too. Uh, you don't like this guy? Well, I don't like him either then. You know, I kind of was, hey, if this if this is the side of the line I'm going to be on, and I'm going to just I'm gonna bang it out with my brothers, you know? I love that. I love that. It's so obvious, but is the most memorable moment for you the touchdown catch against Alabama? Uh, yes, I, I I would say not even the catch. Really, after the win, you know, the win felt much better because, like, everyone celebrated. You know, like, you know, in the stadium, only Ole Miss celebrated my touchdown. You know what I mean? Not Alabama fans. So they was like, uh, dang it! Now we got to go chase the chase the win. But after the victory, it was like even Alabama fans was almost in shock, but also was happy to be a part of the moment because. Like, Ole Miss has never done that before. You know, goalposts come down. You got people picking up pieces of the goalposts, you know, probably auctioned it off or probably kept it for, you know, memorabilia, uh, uh, a couple couple other things. And, you know, hey, man, it just was – it was a, it was an excitement moment for everybody. Like I said, just the university. But the catch itself was – I mean, it was a play we ran a lot. You know, it was it was just – What was the play? The what was the play? Uh, the play was um, it was a screen to Laquan, but we called purple, purple meaning play action, and we and then we we tagged the T wheel on it because the cornerback kept biting up the field on Laquan's screen, and I would always go out there to block the cornerback who was holding him so Laquan can you know have a lane to run. This time, you know, we just I just faked the block and just kind of slipped right past him, and Bo made a good throw, good catch, and you know Ole Miss almost to the finish line with a win. I was standing there in the corner of the end zone. You came towards me. There's no way you remember that, but you came right towards me. And I'll (laughs) I'll never forget that, though, because once that happened and once you crossed the end zone goal line, the eruption from the crowd, I've said this before, not since 2003 LSU when Travis Johnson intercepted a ball and went in for the end zone to get the first touchdown for Ole Miss, the first touchdown of the game in a game that was going to decide the SEC mm-hmm. West. I had never heard Vaught Hemingway Stadium that loud. For you, when you caught it and you go in, did you hear the eruption? Was it deafening? What was it like for you on the field after you've got the ball and you've scored this massive touchdown? Man, you know, it was, for one, I was like zoned in, like it was like tunnel vision because I wanted to like make the play. I wanted to catch the ball, get one feet in. Really, I'm always trying to put two feet in bounds. So <laughs> yeah. it's never the never on if this guy had a heel foot. Yeah, he got two feet in, man. That's a touchdown. <laughs> so um, you know, once I once I caught the ball, honestly I touchdown, I threw my hands up so everybody can look, I got the ball, this is a touchdown. It's definitely what it looks like. And then um, you know, I just lay my head back, kinda of say, Thank God, I'm about to get up and my whole team come rush me. So um man, like playing playing the game in such, you know, High moments like you never really hear the fans, honestly, because you you so locked in, you know, on a, on a different level of focus to where you know you just you focus on the assignment and not the outside, you know, and and the assignment can kind of like, you know, blank out a lot of noise, believe it or not, and you know that's kind of what happened. But it's been seven years now, and that game itself and that result have stood the test of time as one of the most memorable days in Ole Miss history. Ole Miss fans just hold it in such reverence as a former player, one that played in that game. Do y'all have the same kind of reverence for it just for what the day by itself? Don't think about anything else with the season. Just that day itself, the most incredible Ole Miss day 
in probably school history, one of the at least most incredible Ole Miss days in school history. Do y'all have the same kind of reverence for it? Um, yes, definitely. Um, some some individuals that I always talk to, you know, like Trey Elston, Mike Hill, you know, Quintavious, Cody, you know, a lot of those guys remember those moments, you know, because we we put the work in, we went so hard at what we was trying to achieve, and we and we actually got it done. Like we actually had confidence before that game started that we was gonna beat Ole Miss. Got to think about it. Like we was only juniors in college, and we like for some reason, man, this is just another game on the schedule to us now. You know, we we know what they expect. We didn't play the same players before. Like we actually got a legit team this year to make it happen. So man, let's just go in here and beat them. We at home, you know, we on our own field. You know, it's like the perfect time. And um, you know, the only negative being a football player in the moment, you kind of don't get a chance to see it from your perspective or your angle because. Once again, you're so locked in on the assignment to where you're never too high, never too low. You're always, like, in the middle coasting the whole time because, you know, you want to complete the assignment. But you all's angle from fans, from being on the field, the stands, like, it's just – it's more of an exciting moment for you all than it is for us, honestly, just off of the emotion side of it. My God, I'm looking at the talent on the other side of that. T.J. Yeldon, Derrick Henry, Amari Cooper, O.J. Howard, Kenyon Drake. Oh, Y'all had a lot of talent. Y'all were yeah. a good, talented team. But holy cow. So they had when Jamie Collins. They yes. Had Jamie, Jamie Collins. They had um, Cyrus Jones. Man, oh they, my God. they had about, man, they had lots of first round talent on that team. And them guys was really good, too. You know, they, some of them, is, I want to say all of them still playing to this day in the NFL, actually. So when Sinquez comes down and y'all waiting, waiting to see if you got a foot in. And once it's confirmed, what was the response, the reaction, the celebration like on the sideline? I mean, the sideline erupted, man. You know, prior to them saying that it, it was an interception, the call was overturned. Like, I already clearly seen it from live play action that I was – there was Sanquez who picked the ball. Yeah, he got one foot in. That's Sanquez. Like, he, he don't let those t- type of moments go by, like, I didn't think the, the work Sanquez put in. I didn't see moments that he capitalized on every time they come his way. Like, I knew how big that moment would be. And that moment was, like, I knew Sanquez made that a catch. And, man, you know, once they confirmed it, shoot, the rest was history, man. You know, the crowd goes, goes crazy. Sideline goes crazy. Every, everyone is just happy. Y'all did it again in 2015 in Tuscaloosa. So when you think about <laughs> right, those two never. games, man, I mean, it just it had never happened before. And now Ole Miss this weekend is going to Tuscaloosa. So playing in that environment as a team that has the ability to contend with Alabama, can go toe-to-toe with Alabama. Not every Ole Miss team has been able to do that. Y'all did it twice. What advice would you give this Ole Miss team about going into that environment? Because Matt Corral's never played in Tuscaloosa before. So going into that environment yeah. – and getting a win, what advice would you say or provide to Ole Miss football right now? Man, definitely walk in with confidence. I mean, at the end of the day, like the most confident team, no matter where you play at, you know, you could be at Ole Miss, you could be at Tuscaloosa, you could be in the the Sugar, the Superdome, you could be, man, in the projects, you know, no matter where it's at, you know, you got to go out there and play with confidence, you know, go out there, run your game plan, and just execute for 48 minutes straight. Don't, you know, never let up because when we went in, hey, we really got, you know, if you want to call it what it is, we won the game, but we got lucky. The ball just went our way sometimes. But we were so we were so locked in in the moment to where when the ball came out, we, we made sure we recovered certain fumbles. We made sure we picked balls. We made sure tip passes got caught by us. 
you know, we made sure the first down was made, even if it was third and two or if it was fourth and one, we made sure we did every small assignment just to get us to the edge, just to get us to the finish line. And, you know, they're going to do the same thing this year. You know, Alabama not going to bag down, but Ole Miss, you know, 14 and a half underdogs, I think that should be enough motivation to go in there and, you know, clip them right in front of their own fans. You played with two of the very best quarterbacks in Ole Miss history, in Bo Wallace and Chad Kelly. Where does Matt mm-hmm. Corral stack up for you right now? What's your evaluation of him? I've always been a fan of him out of out of high school, actually. Um, when he came to high school, and I think he got – I don't even know if he redshirted that freshman year or if it was like a controversy of him and, um, you know, uh, John Lee Plumley uh, fighting for that quarterback spot. But I've always been a fan of him because of his, his deep ball and just his – his aggression to the quarterback position. Like you can tell he's never a quitter, you know, no matter if he makes a mistake, he coming right back with a big play. Like he, he kind of moves, he kind of moves forward very quickly. And out of him, Chad and Bo, I mean, I'm a, oh no, man, I'm a Chad. It's tough. Fan. It's tough Here, though. Man, I can't lie. Yeah. Honestly, if I had to put it in, if, if you asked me if I had to put it in from one to three, and it's all due respect to all three of them. Like, I played with Chad and Bo. Chad was my roommate. I mean, Bo, that's my guy. He he gave me multiple receptions every year. Our wheel route was always on point. <laughs> like, Bo definitely, Bo definitely turned me up a lot. But just off of not putting myself in the game with those guys, I'll probably go Chad Kelly, probably go Bo Wallace, then i go Matt. If Matt finishes with a record-setting season, and finishes in the top three in the Heisman, then where does he rank? Number one. Easy. That's what I said. Yeah. Number one. Yeah. Because I got to think about this, too. Like, Matt isn't playing with a 2014, 2015 defense behind him, you know? God, they were so good. Yeah, he's playing to completely outscore the next team, make great throws, be consistent, and, and, and protect the football. And I think if he can do that, he probably will definitely be number one, man. He he he'll have to be number one. I mean, there's really no debate after that. Give me a score prediction. Score prediction. Let me see. Fourteen and a half underdogs. Uh, I'll say fifty-three. Fifty-three to forty-seven. Ole Miss. There it is. I was waiting to see. Wait a second. Fifty-three forty-seven. Ole Miss. Is he going Alabama? Feels like he's kind of going. No. Ole Miss, 53-47. I'm going to write it down. I'm totally stealing it. We do a fearless forecast on the Ole Miss spirit every single Friday. So I'm just going to write in your mm-hmm. score and say, this came from Jalen Walton. I'm stealing it. Yep, 53-47. I dig it. He's former Ole Miss running back Jalen Walton. Thanks so much for doing this, man. It was so fun catching up. Let's do it again. Man, yes, sir. We'll do. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head. And PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. 
That's pxg.com slash TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions podcast network. The sun's a-shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove, beer showers. It's just the very best time for an Ole Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Ufi Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Ufi Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver, so ditch those house keys forever and give Ufi Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Ufi Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Ufi Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. BNA Bank is celebrating 125 years of local banking. For generations, BNA Bank has been a stable fixture in Northeast Mississippi, supporting and investing in our local small businesses, local schools, local community events, local charities, and so much more. At BNA Bank, we believe in our local communities, businesses, and organizations because we are a local business, too. Thank you for choosing to bank local with BNA Bank. The Modern Woodman Phone Line. Cool. We'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel Sports. Modern Woodman. Let's make a difference together. It's another edition of Frontline View with Ben Brown, Ole Miss offensive lineman. It's Alabama week. Hey, buddy. What's up? Man, doing good. What's going on? You fired up? Absolutely. Ready to go, man. Another week, another opportunity to showcase, you know, what Rebel Nation's all about. Um, so we're just ready for this Saturday, man. How'd you spend your off weekend? What'd you do? Man, it was nice. Just a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> just my dad came up, cooked some food, and then uh, kind of just chilled out, watched some football and all that. So it was a nice little getaway. What did dad cook? He cooked a little bit of uh, jambalaya and oh. rolls and uh Oh. He made some uh, peach cobbler as well. That oh. was uh, incredible. So <laughs> You're talking to a guy who's trying to diet for like the fifth time this year. That just pained me, <laughs> man. Oh, my God. Daddy, if you ever have my dad's food, you'll get off whatever diet you're on. You'll get on his <laughs> meal plan. <laughs> Dude, you had me at jambalaya, but then you just did me in with peach cobbler. My God. It sounds like a good off weekend, though. <laughs> what football did you watch? Well, I mean, I watched the Bama Southern Miss game, obviously. Um, then kind of watch some NFL games, um, watch my buddy Royce last night play, get that win over San Francisco. That was crazy. So yeah, I just kind of took it easy and then watched really everyone. <laughs> Wasn't a lot to watch with Alabama and Southern Miss though. 63 to 14, I think it was. What'd you learn from it? Uh, that they're a good football team. Like everyone knows. No. <laughs> Breaking news. Team, Breaking so. news. Alabama's a good football team. <laughs> What's the strength of yeah. Alabama when you watch them? Uh, I mean, they just play well as a unit. I mean, they're they're really great at all positions. I mean, their offense is really good. And their defense is really good. I mean, they're just a complete whole team. 
uh, that that's a dangerous uh, formula for success right there. When y'all came back together on Monday, what was the preparation like? You know, we we went over practice from last week and everything. Uh, practice from Thursday, and then uh, we hit game. We we hit all the games real hard. Uh, I think we had two hours of meetings this morning on practice and everything. So uh, big mental day for sure today. And tomorrow will be one of our work days. I mean, obviously they're good. They're Alabama. Defensively, you always expect a lot, especially up front. So from an offensive line perspective, what particular challenges does Alabama present outside of the obvious that, hey, they got a bunch of four- and five-star prospects up there? Uh, I'd say they, they do a great job at changing their front a lot. So, I mean, you won't really see the same thing over and over again throughout a football team. I mean, they've got so many uh, – different blitzes that they run so just to kind of keep us honest up front so just just being ready kind of for everything you know um i mean they go into even and odd throughout the game so uh you know just got to communicate and everyone be on the same page and we'll be all good obviously all week the national narrative will be about lane and nick saban and being on his staff and the respect they have for each other but it seems like and you can correct me if i'm wrong here but lane doesn't really change his process his perspective and how he goes about work regardless of the opponent, regardless of the past history, has that held true this week? Absolutely. Coach Kiffin uh, does a great job of uh, <clears throat> treating every opponent and every week exactly the same. I mean, uh, it feels preparation-wise, I mean, we're doing everything the same that we've done his entire time since we've been here. So, you know, I mean, that's that's great and refreshing to feel just to know that, uh, you know, it's really it's about us and it's about what we do. It doesn't matter what opponent we play. Um, obviously, Alabama's an outstanding football team, but I mean, every week it's about us and how we can be better and how we can go one to know. That's something we've talked about in this podcast a lot is the culture he's cultivated because he treats y'all like pros. And not to say that previous staffs didn't do this, but he's about getting the work in, doing your job, and it's like an NFL-type atmosphere as far as how y'all go about process. Is that fair? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I mean, he definitely – we're doing all of our work and, uh, you know, we're completely bought in and practicing hard and everything. He'll take care of us as well. So, uh, Kevin's a very smart coach with that. He understands, uh, you know, the load that we have as players practice wise and everything. And also the opposed that we play every single week. So he does a great job, uh, having us feeling good and feel prepared for Saturdays. You've played Alabama a number of times so far <laughs> in your career. Um, what do you draw from that? If anything, I mean, just that they're a really good football team. I mean, well, I've had some close games and I've had some not so close, not so close games against them. I'd say just the biggest thing is just everyone staying in the game all four quarters and everyone being locked in. And you know, uh, it's a game of inches with these guys. I mean, everything has to be firing on all cylinders. Everyone does. So I think just really just attention to detail this week and throughout the entire game is going to be huge because. They'll obviously make some plays during the game, and we'll make some plays during the game. But it's about who can make more of those big plays during the game, whether it's on offense or on defense. So just to be focused and to, you know, just to be locked in throughout the entire 60 minutes of the game is crucial, definitely. The overarching deal with Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss is about process like we talked about, but there's a human element to it, especially with younger guys or transfer guys that have never been through this environment before, never faced off with caliber opponent. Um, so drawing from that and knowing what you know about Alabama, what advice would you have for those guys who've never gone through this before of what to expect and when there are adverse situations in the game, how to handle them and just kind of flush it and go to next play? Um, you know, I'd say we're a football team that handles adversity well. I mean, we've, we've been through a lot of adversity. I mean, 
practice through this season and in the past seasons as well. So I would say, I, I mean, just stick to what you've been doing your entire time here. Fall back onto your training. I mean, just because we're playing Alabama doesn't mean you have to do anything super special. I mean, they're a great football team, but but what I mean by saying that is that to just be locked in on your assignments. I mean, we practice, you know, every single day. We watch film every single day. You have a pretty good understanding of what's going on. So just, you know, execute with a clear mind and, uh, you know, don't don't stress out. I mean, just play the next play. If you, if you mess up or, you know, if you're getting stressed out or anything, just, man, just put it behind you and play the next play. That's all you can do. Obviously, y'all leave it to the media, to the fans, to kind of prognosticate look at the landscape of the SEC, the teams that y'all are competing against, and kind of project things out. But after spending a week watching football, is it hard not to look around and kind of consider how you match up or where you stand in the pecking order and how you could potentially contend as a playoff contender in college football this year? Is it hard not to do that? Uh, I mean, it's obviously hard with uh, the success that we have early on, uh, but Coach Kiffin makes a great point that, uh, you know, that, rankings don't matter throughout the week. I mean, a team that could be ranked high could be terrible the next week. The only ranking that matters is the ranking at the end of the season. So uh, I, I thought that was just a great point. Um, that we, we've been playing great ball right now, and uh, we're ranked, I'm, I'm not even sure what, but in top 25, that won't mean anything until the season's over with. You're an Ole Miss guy through and through. Your greatest Alabama Ole Miss memory is what? Um, I'd say 2015. I went to uh, – T-Town with my dad, uh, watched the Ole Miss game and uh, uh, surrounded by a bunch of Bama fans and had to basically quietly cheer whenever uh, we were winning. So <laughs> that was a pretty spectacular moment right there. You're not a quiet guy, man. How did you do that? How did you pull that off? Yeah, I didn't have a choice. I thought I was going to have to leave if I didn't. <laughs> and I was going to watch that whole game. Bet it. So. Oh, that's great. I thought you might say 2014, but 2015 was equally as memorable and had the incredible play with Quincy Adeboyja. The ball knocking off the helmet and he catches it or whatever because Chad just threw it up. That was just an incredible game. But you think back to 2014, and the parallels are pretty obvious here. I mean, first of all, Ole Miss was undefeated, number 11 in the country at the time. Alabama was number one because, of course, Alabama was. And this year, yard number 12, they're number one. But I've said this before, and you can agree or disagree with me here. If y'all go in and win this weekend, it won't feel like an upset because for y'all, not only is that the mindset, but the level of play and the standard in which you're holding yourselves to now is different compared to past Ole Miss teams that are going in there and, quote, upsetting Alabama. I would say that's fair to say, but also at the same time, I mean, Alabama's Alabama, man. They're, <laughs> they're a solid football team. They're the number one team in the nation. So, uh, I mean, and anyone who beats Alabama, I think it's fair to say is an upset, so... You're doing it. You're doing the thing that every single team coach player does when they play Alabama. You got to respect Alabama, and you're doing it. So, hey, tip of the cap to you, Ben. You're doing what you're supposed to do. Alabama Respect Week. <laughs> you get it. Alabama Respect Week. There it is. Okay, so as you prepare for the rest of the week, um, as far as just being healthy and all that kind of stuff, I know y'all don't talk about injuries or anything like that, but is the team close to full strength as possible? Absolutely. I mean, I think it's very beneficial for us to have a bye week, you know, just kind of refresh our bodies and refresh our minds for a big week that we've got going on for us. So uh, I think that bye week came at a perfect time. It was a little bit early, but uh, and I think we benefited a lot from it practice-wise and recovery-wise. So. Well, you talked last week about the offensive line having to clean up some small things. 
what are those things that y'all identified in film and having the full week of practice with no game to play? What were those areas? And do you feel like I've gotten closer to where you want to be? Uh, just some small technique things in the run game. Uh, we've already cleaned a lot of that up. So uh, we're feeling a lot better now. Uh, I'm feeling good going into the Bama game now. So how you feeling, man? You know, you don't have to ask me twice about it, man. You know, I'm fired <laughs> up. <laughs> It's, it's what I like to call a slow burn to the game, though. So, okay. you know, you don't right. want to overexert yourself too early in the week. Because if you do too much too soon, uh, what are you going to have left for Saturday, right? That's right. Okay. You know? So, I mean, you got to work hard and practice and everything, but uh, leave the craziness for game day. So. Uh, I love it, you maniac. Okay, every single <laughs> week you teach us something in Ben Brown's Offensive Line School. Last week it was about the stance. What are we learning today? Um, I feel like this, this is a little bit of a shorter – uh, version of a tip today, but I feel like uh, it's important for offensive line play is not always talked about is how crucial using your hands are. So whether that's in the run game or whether that is in the pass game, if you don't use your hands efficiently and effectively, you won't win. I mean, it just comes down to that. I mean, I've, I've seen players who were mediocre players become phenomenal players just by using their hands. So whether that's in pass protection, they would kind of just – place their hands on the defender versus striking them at the line and completely stunning them at the line of scrimmage and pass protection and totally eliminating, you know, their pass rushing plan. I mean, I've, I've seen players go from good to great to outstanding. So just using your hands often and effectively is one of the best ways to elevate your offensive line play to the next level. You're absolutely right. Not that you needed my validation in any way, but Laramie Tunsil told me one time, he said, look, man, I have some things that i got to work on. i got to get bigger, faster, and stronger, especially my upper body. But if I get my hands on you, it's a wrap. That's right. It's <laughs> a wrap. You on someone violently and quickly. Man, I mean, that's, that's tough. I mean, imagine you're a defensive lineman. And, I mean, offensive lineman, I mean, you know, we don't always get the praises for being athletic and everything. But, I mean, you strike your hands on one of them real quick. I mean, it, you can end the whole rush right there. And they don't even know what to do. And then by then – Matt Stone, a 60-yard bomb touchdown over your head, and it's over with. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, because Ken Sherlock Lockett said the same thing. He said, the first thing I tried to do when I was pass rushing is knock their hands down because if they got their hands on me, I was screwed. Especially if you go up against a guy like Larry Tunsil in the SEC, um, if you're a pass rusher and you let them get inside, there's nothing they can do. They can't swim you. They can't undercut you, do anything, spend nothing if you get your hands on them. I love that. I, I love talking about the hands situation because one time, this is true, we went to this art gallery, did me and Control Lockett and my buddy Kratz, and we got a little drunk. And I decided that I was just going to kind of try <laughs> to uh, get my hands on Kentrell at a parking lot just to see if I could block him in any way. I'm a terrible <laughs> offensive lineman, former high school, terrible offensive lineman, but I just wanted to see what it was like. And uh, let's just simply say he broke my forearms. Is that when you figured out you weren't a D1 athlete, Ben? <laughs> I figured that out a long time. I figured out then, though, that uh, – my God, the violence of breaking my arms in a parking lot. You know, like, oh, my God, it was painful. He's been brown. Almost offensive. I love this is how we ended, right? We're talking about Alabama. You're trying to be all respect Alabama week. You still get hyped. And then we talk about hands. And then you come out. There's the Ben Brown I know. Let's go, baby. There it is. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you all. I appreciate it. Keith Carter, Ole Miss Athletics Director, is coming up right now on the Modern Woman phone line. Tom Brady returns to New England for the biggest game of the year, and the stakes have never been higher at my bookie. Whether you're backing the Bucks or the Pats this Sunday, the game is always more exciting when I've got money on it at my bookie. 
Get in on the action and take this game to a whole new level at my bookie. Both teams are sporting top defenses, and nobody knows each other better than Brady and Belichick. Slow and steady will win this race. Smart money bets the under. Don't wait around. Join my bookie now and bet on the biggest game of the season. Use our promo code TOC for Talk of Champions, TOC, and double your first deposit. Again, that's promo code TOC for Talk of Champions to get double your first deposit with my bookie and start your winning season today. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Have you ever wondered what you're going to do for retirement or if you're ever actually going to be able to retire? If so, give my friend Thomas Chandler at Modern Woodman a call. Thomas specializes in retirement and investment planning and loves helping people plan for their dream. And Modern Woodman offers anything you could possibly need from mutual funds to employee benefits to college savings plans and even a 1% guaranteed annuity. Give Thomas a call at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. And start taking control of your future today with Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Joined now by Keith Carter, Ole Miss Athletics Director. Hey, buddy. Good morning. How are you, sir? I told you I'm not a morning person, Keith. I am <laughs> struggling right now. Yeah, we'll we'll make sure that uh, all of our interviews in the future are, are after lunch. So I'll 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 uh, promise you that in the future. Thank you. How are you spending your Bama Respect Week? You know, I'm just getting ready. I'm getting ready. Uh, you know, I think having the having the off week was was great. Um, you know, the 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 bye weekends are very sacred in our in our business. So uh, I was able to spend some time with family and and uh, and recharge a little bit. But uh, hey, we're we're back at it. We know we've got a huge game and. Um, certainly respecting Bama, you know, yes. we're going to make sure we do that, Gotta but, do that. Uh, but we're, all, we're also going to go in there and, and give them our best shot. And, uh, I feel really good about it. What do you think about the early bye week and does the school itself, do you in, in any way really have any say in when the bye week comes? You know, not really. Um, I mean, you know, with the, with the non-conference scheduling, sometimes you can, you can kind of hit it and, and get lucky, you know, like next year we have all four of our non-conference games, the first four weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. And then I think the bye week's a little later in the year, which is nice. But, you know, after, after three weeks is not an ideal time for a bye week. You know, you'd rather have five, six, seven games, you know, un, under, you know, on your belt before you, before you have that, because you're, you're going to be beat up. You're going to be banged up, you know, as you, as you get farther down the line. So, um, you know, and it'll be interesting, you know, normally that, that game um, kind of before the egg bowl is, is a game that, you know, you can get a little rest, but obviously with Liberty coming in, that's going to be a, a huge game. So, um, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how, how we kind of handle these, I guess, nine straight weeks of football. But uh, I know Coach Kiffin and, and the players will be ready. Y'all announced last week the 2022 schedule. What were you waiting on to finalize it and release it? Anything that you were putting the finishing touches on, so to speak? No, I mean, we've had it. You know, we've had our non-conference done for a, a long time. And then the SEC just has to you know, get all their models done and, and make sure that everybody, you know, fits into that equation. And uh, so we, we've known the schedule for, for several, several months. And uh, just the, the announcement, you know, last week from from the league. And, and obviously we followed up on that. But uh, really nothing we were waiting on at Ole Miss. It was just more of a, an SEC thing to make sure that, that they had everything in line. Well, 2022 is going to be a big, big year for Ole Miss football because in January – comes the Manning Center renovation. Um, when did y'all kind of settle on the designs that y'all came up with? Well, we're actually still doing some of that. Um, now, we're, we're probably in the late stages of, of finishing up the design and, and, and all of those things. But uh, we actually had a, a meeting yesterday talking about some of the graphics and some of the different things that we're, we're going to do. 
uh, you know, it's it's almost the end of September here, and, and our, you know, we're hoping to have all that finalized here over the next, you know, month, month and a half, and, and be ready to to roll in January. Um, so, you know, the hope is as soon as we kind of finish bowl prep and, and the team, you know, heads out to the bowl game, that uh, we'll start, you know, getting getting coaches' offices out of there and and, and doing a lot of different things and, and be ready to roll in, in January. But uh, we'll we'll finalize those plans and working with Coach Kiffin and the staff and, and making sure everyone's on the same page. But we're getting close. When you met with Coach Kiffin about those plans and about what he was really looking for as far as improvements, what did he kind of emphasize more than anything else? Prioritize, if you will. Yeah, I think weight room was number one. You know, I think before he got here, we were looking at a, a locker room renovation, um, and, and we'll still do that. That will be a part of this uh, this renovation. But I think for him, when he, when he kind of saw the direction we were heading with the locker room, I think he was like, hey, we, we need to focus on the weight room. And so that's been the first priority. I think when it's all said and done that the, the new weight room will really be the kind of the uh, signature hole, if you will, for the building. I mean, it's going to be a really, really cool space and, uh, you know, lots of open air and, and lighting and, and different things that are going to make it really pop and sizzle. So uh, we're excited about that. And, and you know, obviously the locker room is going to be great. Uh, we'll, we'll change the programming around a little bit and, and basically just give the whole building a general overhaul with graphics and, and just bring it up to date. You know, it's, it's a great building. I mean, it's a functional building. Um, the, the folks that built it back in 2002, 2003 did a great job with it. Um, and now we're just going to enhance it. And so we're excited about that. But I think the weight room is what, uh, what coach Giffen feels is, is the biggest priority. How challenging is it though? Because it seems like facilities and improving facilities is now an every other year kind of thing. Um, so how challenging has that become knowing that, this is the big improvement and to bring it up to date, but who knows in a year two years, three years time, you're going to have to do something else and have to continually do that just to keep up with the times. Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. I mean, we'll finish this and I think June of 2023, it's about an 18 month project and probably, you know, six months after that, by the time we get to Christmas time in, in 23, uh, you know, there'll be things in the building that are, that are dated, you know, there'll be new, there'll be new projects out there and, and, you know, our coaches will be recruiting against something bigger and better and, and prettier and, and, and shinier and all those things. So, um, you know, I think what, what you got to do, Ben, is when you're when you're designing, when you're building, uh, you've got to make sure that when you get have a finished product, that then it's adaptable. You know, it's you can go in, you can change graphics, you can bring things up to up to date, you know, different things to kind of you know, work it as you go. So that you don't have to go in and totally do you know, reconstruction or, or enhancement, you know, six months, you know, 12 months down the road. Um, so we're, we're looking at those things in those spaces where we can do that. And, you know, obviously you're winning championships, you're doing different things. So you're going to be updating graphics and, and those type of things. But uh, obviously we're always watching. We're always seeing what else is out there. We're always seeing what might put us at a disadvantage from a recruiting standpoint. And so uh, I think this will be a, a really huge step to get us uh, not only back to where we need to be, but really take a step ahead. And then from there, we'll just have to make sure we're, we're keeping up and, and, uh, and moving it forward. Um, a lot of discussion right now uh, about Lane Kiffin, and obviously y'all have a great working relationship. You upped his salary. You've shown a commitment to him, but it hasn't stopped the Paul Feinbaums of the world. I'm not calling anybody out, but the constant, will Lane Kiffin leave? Will he ultimately whatever? When you hear that stuff, because you're human and you hear it, how do you respond to it? Yeah, you know, I think for for me, um, you know, you hear that stuff, and and you know, I knew I knew the day we hired Lane Kiffin, we were going to hear that every year. Yeah. You know, we're, whatever jobs open up, we're going to hear it. And you know, some of that is because of you know a little bit of his his history and his past, and 
you know, maybe jump in from, from, from a job or two, you know, from the Tennessee job or the UC, USC job, you know, that type of thing. Um, and part of it is because Ole Miss has kind of traditionally been that, you know, coaches have come here and they've moved on to other places or, or whatever. So, um, you know, for us, though, I, I think, like you mentioned, all we can do is make the commitment. Uh, I think Lane and I do have a very good working relationship. Um, I think he believes that we can win here. Uh, I think he knows that we're going to support him and we're going to resource him at a level that, you know, if we expect him to, to, to win the West and go to Atlanta and, and get in the, in the playoff, we've got to resource him that way. We've got to make sure that he's, his salary is, is up to par. The assistant coaching pool is there. You know, the, the facilities things that we're doing are, are supporting, you know, kind of our charge to him. So, um, you know, we're going to deal with it. We're going to work through it. Um, and, and is there a job out there that, that Lane might leave for at some point? Absolutely. You know, I think any, anybody, you know, could, could fall under that scenario, but at the same time, um, you know, we're going to do everything we can. I believe he's committed, you know, I think with what we're doing in recruiting with what he's doing with our program, you know, he, he believes we can win here. And I think as long as we continue to show that commitment, then he'll, he'll show that commitment back. So, you know, I think it's also important that, you know, as these, as these, jobs open up and obviously the usc job you know, opens really early this year so there's there's that talk all through the season normally these jobs don't open till the end of the year and you've got a little more time to kind of work through some of the stuff but you know lane and i are always having conversations we're always talking about the future here and and, and what that looks like and uh, we'll continue to do that you know all the way throughout the season and and hopefully by the end of the season we'll be in a really good spot the reason why i bring it up is not to start anything or get people riled up is because i feel like you've made an emphasis of making Ole Miss a destination job of competing with anybody that pursues your head coaches. And Lane's just the biggest example, considering the name recognition, considering what he's done in short order at Ole Miss. And this job is not the same Ole Miss job that maybe it once was, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think, I think you're exactly right. And and I think now with some of the resources we have through the, through the SEC and, um, you know, the things that we're doing here at Ole Miss with fundraising and, and different things. Like, I, I really don't think resources will be will be the reason Coach Kiffin would leave Ole Miss. You know, we're, we're, we're going to make sure that we show that commitment. And um, and again, is there is there a job or two out there that, that maybe he would leave for? Sure. I mean, um, you know, I think any of us would, you know, would, would say that that might be the, the possibility in our careers or whatever. But um, I think he's committed. I think we're committed. I think we're in a really good spot, and uh, I feel good about about the future with with Coach Kiffin at Ole Miss. Did you anticipate the turnaround or Lane Kiffin being this quick? I, I didn't. I didn't, and, and you know, I, I'm not sure he did. You know, and and I'll be honest, Ben. You know, we're we're 12 in the country. We're three and zero. We got a great chance to go in and play well against Alabama. Um, but but you know, as Coach and I talked, we still got a lot of work to do. You know, we still got recruiting to do. We still got to build our roster. We got to get to where we have more depth. Um, you know, those type of things. So uh, I think I think with what they're able to do on the offensive side of the ball, it puts us in every game. But at the same time, we've got to continue to build our program and, and do those type of things. But yeah, to, to be number, you know, number 12 in the country and in, in the second year, uh, that's phenomenal. And that's a credit to him. That's a credit to our coaching staff, it's a credit to our young men uh, that are playing great football and, and focused right now. But uh, yeah, I think it probably it, we're, we're probably a little ahead of schedule. Uh, which, you know, you're never, you're never uh, upset with that. You know, we're, we're happy to be where we are, but we just got to keep going. When you hired him, this is kind of what you viewed, a guy that brought instant credibility, instant program juice and turned things around quickly, that kind of stuff. 
And now you've seen the fans react in kind. You've seen a different atmosphere involved Hemingway Stadium from the students staying through rain delays and the atmosphere itself getting loud. Has that been in a way not validating necessarily for the hire that you made, but kind of what you envisioned when you bring Lane Kiffin in, you bring him for what you've gotten so far, if not more than that, especially with the response from the fans. Yeah. You know, I wanted football to be fun. You know, I wanted it to be, I wanted people to come and enjoy it and, and feel like we have a chance every week to win and um, you know, to, to have some credibility and be relevant again nationally, you know, and, and I think we're there, you know, I think we're certainly there. People are paying attention to what we're doing and, you know, I know talking to Lane as he goes around, you know, he was down in Tampa for his dad's uh, induction into the, the ring of honor uh, for the Bucks, And, you know, he just, he told me that so many players that he talked to and, and former coaches and different things, just talked about our program and how well we're doing and how, you know, what, what a great job that, you know, our, our players are doing and those type of things. And, and we are relevant again, which is really cool. And so I think that's what we wanted. You know, we wanted somebody to come in and, and galvanize and energize the fan base you see that in Vaughn Hemingway. Now, we'll say this. we got a lot of tickets left for Arkansas, and people need to buy them. Um, that's just about as blunt as I can say it. Like, we need to have a sellout when, when they come in here next Saturday. So uh, I know Coach Kiffin, the staff, the players, they're worried about Bama, just as they should be. Um, but we're worried about selling out that first SEC home game. So uh, if you haven't bought tickets, buy tickets. Come support the team. Let's, uh, let's make sure that the VHS is rocking you know, when we play the Hogs. It's like you're reading my mind this morning. How far along are you with those Arkansas cells? Uh, we got about 10,000 left, uh, honestly. And, and we, we sold about 5,000 over the past probably 10 days or so. So they are moving. Um, but, you know, you think about it, you know, win or lose against Bama, Arkansas win or lose against Georgia. Um, it's a big game. It's a huge game. I think Arkansas, you could say a lot of the same things about them that we were talking about us ahead of schedule you know, playing a lot of great football right now. Their their fan base is energized, and Coach Pittman has done a really good job for them. So uh, we need that advantage. We need to be full. Uh, we need to be loud. Uh, we're going to be on ESPN or CBS. We've got a great platform uh, for, for TV, for recruits to watch. Like, we need them to see a full stadium. Uh, you know, the party in the SIP that we've talked about, um, we, we need to have that uh, next Saturday when, uh, when, we play, when we play Arkansas. I'm curious if it's been challenging – coming off the COVID year when everybody was at home, that they kind of got used to watching games at home and bringing those people back into the stands, if that's been a big cause of really having a push to sell a game out or whatever it might be. Like, what, how challenging that part of it has been for you? Yeah, I think that's a huge challenge. And, and I'll be honest, even before COVID, we were dealing with some of that. You know, now that every game's on TV, uh, people feel like, hey, I may, not, I may not buy a season ticket because I may not come to all seven games. Um, and, and, you know, they, they do it and, and go that route. But since COVID, I, I do think you, you've got a, another group of people that have said, Hey, this is actually pretty neat to, to watch the game from home or hunting camp or whatever that looks like. Um, and you've got some people honestly, Ben, that are, that are still worried about the virus. And, and that's certainly understandable. You know, I think we're going to deal with that. And, it, and certainly if you don't feel comfortable, then, then, then don't come. We don't want you to be here. If you, if you don't feel comfortable, you're coming in the stadium. But uh, we got to continue to work our way back to that. And, and I think with the success on the field, uh, that's going to play into it. And hopefully we can, you know, slowly but surely get back to where we're, we're selling the stadium out every game. Do you feel like the Walk of Champions, the Grove, all that kind of stuff, bringing it back, it's worked out? And is any of the stuff that you've implemented, like, for example, the guardrails for the Walk of Champions, do you think any of that's here to stay? 
You know, I, one, I think it's worked out well. I mean, I think uh, that, that first home game, obviously I was excited about the game itself, but I, I think I was more excited for our folks just to be able to come back to Oxford, mm-hmm. go to the Grove and, yeah. you know, meet with family and friends. And you, know, you think about it, a lot of, a lot of Ole Miss um, alums and, and, and fans, you know, that's how they see their friends. Maybe two or three times a year they meet in the Grove and that's where they get to catch up and, and do those type of things. And when we didn't have that last year, um, it was just such a, such a bummer, you know? And so to, to see everybody back, I think the, the, the rails were good. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know if they'll be there to stay or not for next year. I think certainly operationally it helps. It gets us through the Grove a little quicker. It gets us into the stadium. Uh, maybe we bring those rails in a little closer where you can do some high fives and different things next year, but um, it, it has worked. And, uh, you know, I think that, that it was certainly a nice kind of stopgap this year. Uh, just to allow us to do the Walk of Champions, and we'll kind of evaluate where we go from there. Where did the DJ concept come from? Well, you know, you're always talking, you know, you talk about facilities earlier, how you're always kind of paying attention and and trying to get better. Well, you know, the same thing with game atmosphere. You know, for us, we wanted to make sure that whatever we can do to to make sure that our game atmosphere is fun and exciting. And, and, you know, it's all about the students, really. You know, if the 10,000 students are there and they're loud and rowdy and they stay to the end of the game, it just helps the overall atmosphere of, of the game. And so uh, the DJ was an idea that we kind of talked about in the off season and said, Hey, let's give it a shot. You know, it, all, worst case scenario, if, if it's not good, we'll just pull it and, and try something else. But um, I think it's been great. You know, we've gotten a few complaints on, on the noise and, and how loud it is. And I think the second game, we worked on that a little bit and kind of brought the volume down. But uh, you know, I, what's crazy is the DJ worked for like eight hours uh, the, the last home game with the, with the rain delay. And I mean, he was mixing it up for literally like seven or eight hours. Ugh. And so I don't know if we paid him a bonus or how, if he's paid hourly, I'm not sure, but he earned every penny that day for sure. And, and the students were great and uh, a lot of fun. So I think the DJ's here to stay for a while. What about those other things you've implemented, like the on-field suites and stuff like that? Have they paid off the way you wanted them to? They really have. And again, you know, you had the first game, which, uh, you know, was a non-conference opponent. The second game, Tulane, we thought the crowd was going to be, you know, quite a bit bigger. And then you had the rain, the rainstorm and all that. So I think for this Arkansas game, we'll really get a good test of what all that looks like. Uh, you know, obviously there's, there's revenue generation opportunities there, which is, which is great, but, but just the opportunity for people to, to go down there and enjoy that experience close to the field. You know, we've added the pyro, we've added a lot of different things that, um, you know, Paris Buchanan and his, his staff over in marketing have done a really, really nice job of, of bolstering the game day atmosphere. And I think Coach Kiffin obviously has bolstered it with, with the team and, and the product on the field, too. So I look forward to, uh, to these games down the stretch. Keith Carter, Ole Miss Athletics Director. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Ben. Enjoyed it as always.